Okay, I want to start with a medrash in Shmois Rabbah. Medrash says, Vahi Vayom Mohein Vayigdal Moshe. Talking about when Moshe uh, grew up and he left the palace of Paro. So, Vayetzi El Ochel. Shtei Yitzi Yitzi Yotza Oisit Tzadik Vekosun HaKadosh Baruch Hu Zuachazu. This Vayetzi Vayom Hashemi went out on the second day, Harishtayim. The Yarvis of Moisam, he saw the the Sivlois Mitzrayim. Ma'u Bayar, Shayaroya Bisivloisim Uboicha. He saw the work the Yidden were doing, and he cried, Yom Chavali Alechem, Meyitain Moisi Alechem, Shayim Chamalocha Koshim Lechus Hatit, Hoyanoisim Ksefu Misayel Hol Ech Viechemehem. So he felt terrible for each year, then he helped them. He saw that they would make little children carry heavy burdens, and they would make a big person carry a small load. So he saw the cruelty of the Mitzrayim, how they tried in every way to make the suffering that much more and Moshe felt the tsar of their suffering right well you may need somebody carrying something small yeah so they they talk about that and so he he even understood that if you have uh you could understand a little kid carrying uh you know 100 pounds of bricks that can be a problem if you take a, a well-built person and you tell them you sit here and you place stamps and envelopes for three hours, they also can go crazy, right? And so Mitzrayim knew this was psychologically, they knew how to destroy the people just as much as physically. And so that's what the, made Moshe feel their pain. So the Bosik says, the Medrash goes on, it says, you, you left whatever you were doing and you went to see the Tsar of the Yidn Minag Achim and he acted like a brother and he I'm gonna come down, I'm gonna leave the Yoinim and I'm gonna to talk to you. I go Liroy's how does he touch up Kisor Liroy's? Not that he came to look at the bush, but that Moshe turned away and he was busy with his siblings. You see from over here that Moshe is a be spoken to by Kodesh Baruch Hu and in, in, in turn, all of the greatness he achieved, it starts because Moshe was nice of oil with the rest of the cloud. That was the the Mila. And so uh, the Rashi brings down, the Pesach says that uh, Moshe was looking, so Rashi says, uh, he put his eyes in his heart to feel their pain. Later on, when it says, Rashi says the same Loshin, right? Nosan Elov, Nosan, Nosan, also the same Loshin, he put a Kajbor place his heart to think about Kalal Yisrael, Mida Kenegi Mida. So the Yisraelit Varim is that we learn from Moshe Rabbeinu and from these Parshiyos, one many Yisraelis, but the, the, this is the two that I'm pointing out, 
is the idea to be a noisim oilim chaveiro. There's an achrayus that we have to feel the the the, the tzorus of another yid. It's not from the mitzvah. Means to carry his burden. Now, some people have burdens to carry which are financial. Some people have emotional burdens to carry. Right? You, you try to. There was a, a mice. There was a woman who uh, I wasn't going to say this over to bring it up. There was a woman who um, had terrible sorrows, whatever it was. And everybody tried to help her. Nothing. So they finally got him on the point with some of hiking and she went to him and she came out smiling and they asked her what did he tell you that was different than anybody else who you work with she said nothing but he cried with me so as soon as she felt somebody could feel her pain that was already that's what she needed she needed to know somebody felt the same way she felt i i was i was uh, validated right so that's what some people need just to have somebody feel that way. But that was the feeling, being able to, it's not a question of doing chess, it's a question of feeling and trying to, to to have empathy for people and try to experience what they're experiencing. And Moshe, the, the Punovich Arab, he, he learned it first in Tells when he was young. He was known as one of the top Talmudim in Tells. He's on his way to go learn in the Vargas. And he passed through Radin. So he passed through Rav and he says, I can't pass around without going to get a bracha from the Chofetz Chaim. So he goes to the Chofetz Chaim's house and um, the Chofetz Chaim's son-in-law was a Rosh Yeshiva of, of the Nechum. He was... Um, um, what? So, so he, he says the Chofetz Chaim is, uh, is not available and I'll come back in a half hour. So one of the shows said, when we're supposed to live for a half hour, I, I kind, of, kind of just sit here in a chair and I'll learn the safer. He said, sure. So he sits him down. And he's sitting there trying to learn us and he hears tremendous crying from the upstairs in the house. And everybody downstairs just going on with their life like nothing's happening. And he hears crying upstairs like someone is mamish in their terrible matzah. So he looks, he says, what's going on? Is there somebody doing anything about it? He said, listen, I told you to come back in a half hour. <laughs> but Chavitz Chaim is upstairs davening for somebody. Who's he davening for? He doesn't know. Just there's a lady who's in labor and she's having problems. So he heard the Chavitz Chaim daven like that. He said, I'm not going to divide. They can stay here. I'm going to learn by the Chavitz Chaim. So he, he learned in, 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 in Rodin for many years. So that was, he, he realized somebody who's nice and loyal to that extent, that's the way it should be. Yeah, so, yeah, the Maisel, the Gemara says that um, that that Basharu came to be table from Givuli Avi Dezora, right? So how did how did Chazal know that? It doesn't say in the pasuk. Just as Vatayir Basharu with Chaytala Yor, right? So um, so so Seifi says it's not in Stavus that she would go down to bathe. Her father is Paro. And there's a basket over there, and she hears a baby crying. And she has Rachmanis. And she reaches beyond her reach, and her, needs a mace for her to reach the basket. And she has such Rachmanis, she tries to find a nurse for the baby. It only could be if she was Megai herself. 
Otherwise, it's not established that such a thing would have happened. I saw this mice as this shot. It reminded the story. I may have said it last year that um, it was a guy who was working in a restaurant, not a medical restaurant, but they had leftovers every night. And he asked the owner of the restaurant, listen, you're throwing all this stuff out. They can't serve it anymore. Can I take it? And I bring it to the homeless people by the bus stop or whatever, uh, the bus station. So every night he would take the leftovers from the restaurant, pack it up, and he'd bring it to all the homeless people, and he would serve them. And they, they ate very good. And every night he came, and they, they, they were saying on him. And he noticed that this one lady who never touched the food. So they asked her, why don't you eat? She said, because you're a Jew and I hate Jews. So he said, what makes you think I'm a Jew? So she said, you're doing something that is so nice, you have to be Jewish. Only a Jew would do what you're doing, right? So the safe Meiser was, he didn't know he was Jewish himself, but he found out from his mother that he thought he was Jewish, and he went, you know, went to Eretz Yisrael, the rest is history. Well, go upon him. That was the Meiser. She said, <laughs> I don't know if she would hate Jews so much and she wouldn't take the food, but she understood that the guy's got to be Jewish. But Uncle Ponim, that's where you see anti-Semitism is not based on logic. So, <laughs> but Uncle Ponim, so um, this was the the Yisraelit for him that you have to have a sensitivity and to understand it deeper. There was a Misa, but there was a year of Zelig Braverman, so big tzaddik lived in Eretz Yisrael, and so there was a kuf in Eretz Yisrael where there was tremendous poverty. Right? People poshes didn't have what to eat. So what he would do is a Friday, when the bakeries closed, he would collect all the leftover chalas that they didn't sell. So by Sunday, they turned into rocks. So this way, he said, let me have them all, and I'll make a gemak. And on Friday afternoon, whoever needs challah, I'll give challahs to the poor people. So he would collect from all the bakeries the leftover challahs, and three to four Friday afternoon, he had a gemak. Okay, so one, one Friday, it's about 7 o'clock, and it's a summer Friday. Uh, a poor person comes to Jerusalem and he howls. So he says, "I'm sorry, I, you know, I, 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 the gemach is open three to four, and I gave away all the howls. I have nothing left." He said, "But I wasn't able to come three to four. I understand, but I don't have anything left." So the guy comes over to him and slaps him across the face. So Jerusalem runs into his house, grabs his own howls, puts him in a bag, and he runs after the guy. And, you know, he, he had to go into his kitchen to get the to get the chalas and then ran after the guy. And he caught up to the guy and he gave a big smile. He says, here, I give you some chalas. The guy, he comes back home. His wife says, what, what, what did you do? After the guy slapped you in the face, you have to give him chalas. He says, I didn't give him the chalas because he slapped me in the face. I gave him chalas because of what's behind the slap in the face. Right? What got him so to hit that he slapped me in the face? For all I know, his wife said to him, the uncle, if you don't come home with chalos this week, don't bother coming over Shabbos, right? Who knows what sorrows the guy has? You have to somehow look beyond the facade and see what's really going on in this person's life. What's really behind this tzar? He slapped me in the face. Okay, I'm moist with him. But why? It must be he has such a tzar. He's suffering so much. He needs something. So that's the, that, that's the way you have to deal with it. And so... Um, Many of the Gedalim had this, uh, it's a couple of beautiful stories that I saw. I mean, one of my son, my Mechutin, told me, I think it was at the top of the Rebbe, that 
it was a yid who was making chasnas, and so it could be the Rebbe came to be beside a kedushin, whatever. But but he said to this yid, listen, when the chasnas over, I don't care what time it is, call me up. And I have to talk to you. So whatever, you'll you come on two two thirty three in the morning after the mitzvah times, right? You'll call me up and tell the guy to get me to the phone. Okay, so he calls him up. Two o'clock in the morning, he just came over to the house and calls him up and uh, the Rebbe gets on the phone, the Gabi gets the Rebbe, the Rebbe comes over, oh, the uncle, how was the Hasna? Where Hashem, where Hashem, so uh, you had the mitzvah hands go, Hashem, so uh, he danced with the kawa, oh, very nice, very nice, and he played the music, was there a batchen? He goes and tells him what the batchen was, and he says, so, you know, what did they serve? And he goes through the whole thing, and he says, well, who was there? Was, uh, the Mechutin was there? Yeah, 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 and the Mishpacha, and uh, the Chukun were there, yeah, yeah, but Hashem, Hashem. And he goes through, the Kala looked nice, the Kala happy, yeah, where they're living there. And he, he was been like for 45 minutes about all these, the Vorim Shema Bekach. Then the case is, I go to Nach, Mazel Tov, Mazel Tov, yeah, the Simchas. The Gavai says to the Rebbe, this Rebbe, three o'clock in the morning, he had to wake up to talk to him about what they served with the soup. So the Rebbe says, listen, he just made a chasna. He doesn't have a vice, he's, a, he's an almond. When a couple comes home after the chasna, they sit there and they rehash the whole wedding together while they're going to sleep. He comes home alone, he has nobody to talk to. I wanted him to have someone to talk to, 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 to relive the chasna like anybody does. That's the, so the similar mice of the Zalman Auerbach, that he was the... One of his nephews and nieces got married, and also they, they didn't have parents. And so the chastel was, I think, in Tel Aviv, and he stayed in Tel Aviv overnight. Everyone was surprised because he never did something like that. You know, he had his daughter, and so there was a mystery. Why did he do that? So later on, one of his uh, cousins, that was also the son of Kedushin, so he says, I hope you'll stay overnight like me. So he says, why did you stay overnight? He says, he says one of the Gishmaka things when Chosimikala get engaged is they go to the motel, whatever it is, they open up the checks and they count the money. And then the next day they go tell the parents what they got, the gifts they got, the money. They, got. they have nobody to tell. So I stuck around so there's a morning they can come to me and, and enjoy celebrating the Simcha and sharing with me. I got $180 from Uncle Yanko, and he said, you know, so that joy, I didn't want to decline them. That's, that's the nice of oil in a sense, they should, they should have the full simcha. As a Yiddus, you know, when uh, Yechesko Abramsky was once walking in the street you know, for his exercise, and uh, he saw a little girl crying. So he went over to her and he said, what's your name? She said, Shoshana. He says, why are you crying? Because Miriam said, I don't have a pretty dress. So the Cheskel Bramsky said to her, first of all, you have a beautiful name. Second of all, you can tell Miriam that the Kodol Hador of Cheskel Bramsky said you have a beautiful dress. So when he came back to the entourage that used to walk with him, they said, what are you doing? Are you going to go to every kid that's crying? So he said, listen, it says, we have to be like the Rebbein Nishalayim. So if I see a kid crying and I wipe tears, I'm being like the Rebbein Nishalayim. That's my Echelayim. That's what we have to do. So that was uh, his Maisa. So the idea basically is 
whether it's to, to, to feel a person's desire, to feel a person's emotions, his feelings, to try to get into the kishkas of another person. Sometimes that person can be involved in himself and he doesn't notice that somebody in his surroundings is, is looking terrible and he's feeling terrible. And you could ask the person, what's the matter? You don't look good and maybe you can help him. But we have to be able to notice these things. You have to walk into and be able to notice you know, this person looks happy, this person has a, seems to have a tzara, right? you don't have to jump down people's throat every time the person is not smiling, but you, you, you sort of, if you're, if you're tuned in to other people, you will begin to be able to set, be sensitive and feel what the person, you know, so these are the things you have to, you have to, to think about. So um, the kunz is sometimes you have to get rid of your sense of self, your anoichias, being wrapped up in yourself and, and, and focus on other people. There's uh, the author in Kelm says in his Sefer, says, let's see, um, unless we hear a major tragedy. Once you hear, things are better. doesn't to say, sometimes you hear somebody sick, so you, you feel bad, and you say, tell them, when you hear the mats a little bit better, okay. Lord Hashem, now I can chill out a little bit, right? But he says, Loichain Derek Moisabo oil, for your noisib oil, Mishtadl Hagish Bitiv Hagish Tadwas, you still he's still in pain, he's still suffering. Right? Loyrat Mashu Margus the Tev calls Banshuai Shovlay Sonarish and I mit Starima. You know, sometimes somebody is sick and you find out that Bor Hashem is getting better. But the person is still suffering from the sickness. So if you're nice about oil, you'll still daven for him, you'll still feel for him, you'll still be concerned about him, you'll visit, whatever it is, because you feel the pain. You want to be part of the Hadgosha. And so uh, that's the, the Yisoyed in, in In Steinman's house, the door was a wooden door, and uh, people would knock, and it would stare at them, they would knock at any time of the day or night, right? So the, the Askonim said they wanted to build him, to put him a different door, a metal door or something that, you know, wouldn't be as noisy. And so he said, Chas said, yeah, but it's, it, it disturbs you. He says, listen, if somebody has a tzara, somebody's in my Yoni HaYeshua hospital, the wife is, uh, is sick, and the husband needs me to daven, Chas V'Sholem, I should miss a knock on the door at three in the morning. That's what I'm here for, right? And so he wouldn't let them switch the door ever. And so that's what he wanted to be able to be nice and boil at three o'clock in the morning. When Nosen Bachfigel said over that he once stood by the Umla, Aaron Cutler made a Mishabayr of Kachilin. He listed to the Gabbai 83 names by heart. He just rattled off 83 names with the name of the mother by heart. It was he, he, people asked him to daven, and he took it to heart, and he was misfollowed. At, so once the Muslim Mamish counted 83 names that he, he memorized. And so, you know, uh, the Gemara says over that, that nice of oil, even in small things, it's a Gemara in Shabbos, I didn't bring the Gemara, but the Gemara in Shabbos tells over that Abayah says this member, that if you have a tree, the guy has an orchard, 
is one tree that the pavers are falling off prematurely. So there's two things you can do. The is talking there about things that if it's uh, mice and moiri or not mice and moiri. So the Gemara says what you can do with the tree is not mice and moiri. So anything you do for the fula is not a problem. So you have a tree. One of the things they did with a tree that was dropping corns was they would weigh it down with bricks. The heavier the tree, uh, the, the less it would knock off the pavers, I think. Now, the second problem they would do is they would put red paint on the tree. So the Gemara says, what's the red paint for? It says, Laura says so that people walking by can daven for the guy's tree. And Laura brings a raya that, because you see by the saras, by the mitzayra, the tome tome yikrun. So why say the tome tome yikrun? One the tome is to say, take away, I'm tome, don't get tome. The other one is that people should daven for him. The Gemara is talking about a tree. The guy's got an orchard. He's got one tree that's losing pavers. It's not the end of the world. Right, and yet the Gemara says you can put a painter so people should daven, and the dimion to that halacha is because you see by the mitzvah it says tome tome. So here also people should daven. One thing to daven for a mitzvah is nebuchadnezzar's mungach. The tzaras is isolated from society. He's got his aras on his body. The guy is suffering. Right, everything is terrible. He's away from his family. He's away from his friends. He's all alone, and and he's sick. Uh, we should daven for him. This guy's got one tree in his orchard that's losing pavers. Parents says, if you're nice about oil, even the clean kite, somebody has a problem. It's something to 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 see to that extent how how uh, you know even the smallest things, the things that we can worry about. The same thing, the um, talks about. There's an Indian that if somebody's sick and you visit a person who's sick, you take away one sixtieth of the machlo. He says, the pshat is not, it's just a school or something like that. The pshat is that if you are nice be oil with the person, so you help with his burden, so there's a midas adin against this person. So the person has a price to pay the midas adin. Right? The midas adin is going to collect whatever this guy owes, al pidin, or whatever the cheshbon shemayim is. So you can come as a chaver and you can say, listen, I'd like to pay part of his bill. Right? And so the one thing that they take is your mom is paying up a shtickle from his bill. And you can, you can be messiah him by saying, I want to cover some of the cost of this is a sickness or whatever. So I will take some of that din and I will pay it. So that's what the Biruchim says. Right? So um, that, that's a koyach that people have. If you're, if you're nishtatif with the person, sar, you have a koyach to take that away. So the kazach. There was a, a Misa, beautiful story that happened that he tells over. He was in a, in a grocery store, a supermarket in Eretz Yisrael. And uh, it sounds like it was Erev Shabbos or Erev Yom, a busy day. And people were waiting on line for a long time. You know, a big crowd and people were waiting on line. So this guy is waiting right behind him. This person is telling the story. And he has just like three items. A couple of items he wants to pay for waiting there half an hour, a long time online. And then, you know, as they're waiting, they switch cashiers. So a new cashier is taking over. And uh, so this guy is turned his next. And as soon as the new cashier comes, he leaves. He goes to another store, puts the stuff away, and he goes to another store. 
So later on, this guy met this, this young man. He said, it was almost your turn. Why do you leave? He said, didn't you notice they switched cashiers? He said, yeah. So he says, well, I brought three items my wife needs for the baby. I brought a pacifier. I brought whatever. I brought things for the baby. This new cashier has been living for 15 years has no children. I just think it would cause her pain that here I am, a young guy, and I'm putting down, you know, a pacifier and whatever baby items it is. It's going to hurt her. I don't want to do that. And so I'm going to another store and I bought it. It's a little bit more expensive, but I didn't want to hurt her feelings. You know, it's a sensitivity. That's a nice of oil. That um, there was a mice that there was a, a about filler many years ago that was the Balmusaf and Shul was left there. So the Balabat went to Biyosef who was the rov there, and they said, so what are you going to do? It's two weeks before Rosh Hashanah. Who's going to adopt Musaf? So he said, don't worry, I'll take care of you. So. So any slichus, they say, who's about Balmus? Zorg's is taken care of. It's already, you know, Leil Rosh Hashanah, I'm taking care of it. Don't worry, it's all taken care of. They, they, you know, he obviously hasn't done anything. Comes Musaf, they don't know who to about Philip. So right after when Musaf about to start, he goes over to the son of the Yidim's Nifter, and he says, Gate to the Ovid, Rav Musaf. He says, but Ovid. Okay, David. And so he went to Dab. So after Dab, he came to Rabbi Yosef Chaim, had to be like David. He said, Oh, he said, Oh, we'll take Shloishin, right? And I, the Chavetz Chaim, says, There's nobody else who can Dab him. You can have him Dab. That's it. There's nobody with a better Balik fill with him in the Shul. He says, You don't understand. You realize that in the Ezra's notion, this is the Almana. She hears another guy go to the Ovid. They know it's Agnes Nefes is going to cause her. But if it's her own son singing her husband's Nigunim, it'll be a shtickle nochama for her. So, Enochinami, after you're not supposed to let an Obel Davin. But there's a Dindai Raisa of not giving Tsar to an Almana. That was more important to me. And so that's uh, almost his Cheshben. And there's a similar Maisa with. He also made sure no one else was there. What? He also made sure that no one else was, was already there ready to do it. They, they, I mean, yeah, yeah, they raised yeah, the whole thing. Oh, yeah, right. There's some of Maisa, Rabbi Froshman son, with the Matri, and Shul, and Rosh Hashanah, the Baltikeya, so it's almost in the middle of the Kiyas, he couldn't get a clear out. And they tried everything, they switched shafers, they said, whatever, whatever you do, and, you know, he's trying, and it's, it's, it's not going. And so all of a sudden, Rufal starts crying. He asked him afterwards, what were you crying about? He says, I was just thinking, what is his wife in the Ezra's Nushan feeling right now? Her husband is like going through this terribly embarrassing experience. I felt for the wife. That's what made me cry. Anyway, so um, this is the aside that, that so you, you learn from Moshe Rabbeinu, this idea that uh, to be noticeable, to care about other people, and to feel their pain. Chaim Shmulevitz says that um, when it says in the Pesach, when God made it, See, after what is Loi Toiv? He was in Gan Eden. Malach Amar, you know, barbecuing for him. He's having the time of his life. He can't get better. He is Mamish in Gan Eden, right? And so Hashem says, Loi Toiv, 
What's Leitoyed in Gan Eden? Teretz is, if you can't have someone to be nice and oiled with, it's Leitoyed. You have to have somebody else to care for, to take care of. That's what he says. This Arba Chashuvim Kameis, the Gemara says in Saita. Right? So one is somebody has no children, one is someone's blind, one's a Mitzayra, and one's an Ani. And what they all have in common, they're in a matzah where it's difficult for them to take care of other people. Because that's why they consider Kameis. A person alive, part of being alive is worrying about other people, feeling other people's pain. And so the bottom line is, a person has to break away shtickle from his atzmias and bring other people into the orbit of the world. And daven for other people, even if it's saying Tehillim, just to, to say the Tehillim in a shtak or oifim, that uh, people can feel the pain. Until I finish one, one nicer, that's, that's well, really, well, the story is a story in itself, but there's a Yid that lived in Belgium. And a younger man in Belgium, he gets a call one day from Laser Shach. He says, this is Shach from uh, Yishalayim. So his sister answered for this, the Rav Shach from Ponovich, yeah, yeah. And he's supposed to speak to your brother. Okay, so he gets on the phone and he says, there's a Talmud of mine, there's a Yos and he's getting married. I was mishabed myself to raise $100,000. You have an uncle who works in the Diamond District. I want you to be my shliach to go to him and ask him if he can give me $100,000 to take care of this yosin. So this guy goes to his uncle. He says, listen, uncle, I don't want you to look at me like, like your 22-year-old nephew. But make believe I'm a shorter guy with a frock and a Hamburg and a white beard. And I'm laser shach, right? And he wants you to give me $100,000. So he says, I don't got $100,000. I just made a deal. I, I have an envelope. I give you $25,000. But I can't give 100000 So he says, what am I supposed to do? Rupshach wants 100000 He says, go to this guy. This is the guy who's really rich. You can tell him that Rupshach sent you and I sent him. Right? And you go and ask him for $100,000. He's, he's got the money. So he goes to this guy and he says, right there, you know, the whole story, who he's from, where he, so uh, so the Yid says, so what is this guy doing in Bnei Brak? He's learning. He says, he's learning? Why does he go to work and make money? So this guy, you know, answers the shtickle chutzpah to this guy, you know, whatever. So the guy says to the Yid, talk to me with chutzpah. I lost my wife and seven kids in the, in the Holocaust. I built this business with my own ten fingers, and you're talking to me like that? So the guy catches himself, okay, he was a little bit uncomfortable, but he says, I just want to tell you a marshal in the Sechla Shabbos. The marshal is talking about the, the, the person dies, he's going to go to the Emes, and they're going to ask me, Osak the period of Rivia. So he said, the marshal asks, what do you mean Osak the? They should ask, Kiyam the period of Rivia. Why Osak the period of Rivia? So the marshal says, what that means is that did you support the Chassim Kali? The fact is, did you give money to Chassim and Kala to get married when so you were when you were involved in in Chnosis uh, Kala? Right? Did you did you do that? So he says, so you know you lost your family in the Holocaust. So maybe you would like to be Mekayim right there, period Rivia, by supporting Chassim and Kala. So he says, let me see that Marshal. 
The guy goes back to his uncle's office. He has a shas in his office. He brings it to the guy. He shows it to him. He's very despoiled. He says, okay, I'm in $1,000. So he says, well, Mr. Gatta Proud, because my uncle already gave 25000 So he says, I'm either in for everything or nothing, right? So I says, okay, he calls for shach, he says, what should I do? My uncle gave 25000 and this guy wants the whole thing for himself. So he said, tell your uncle to give it to an almona in Belgium. So he goes to his uncle, his uncle says, listen, take it with you and give it to some almona in B'nai Brak, right? We'll take care of the Belgian over here, right? You know, you, so anyway, so, so he takes the money, and uh, the Yid says, I'm coming to Eretz Yisrael in a week, I want to meet the Chassan. Comes to Eretz Yisrael a week later, he meets the Chassan, and the Kal is with the Chassan. So he asked the Kal, who are your parents? So he says, my parents are both in Amin Uchis. She says, oh, you also in the same room? She says, mom is like the Marsha, right? She says, listen, tells the Chassan, you promise me you're going to learn the rest of your life? Yes. So okay. Taking care of you. I'm getting you a dira. Paying for the Chassan, and I'm going to set up an account for you, and you'll be taken care of. As long as you promise, you're going to learn the rest of your life. No job, no nothing, just work, right? And so he says, even my children, I'm going to take care of you. right? They had seven children. Just like this guy loved, he had seven children. And this guy was a shliach. Well, because of the laser shach started, he said, I have to take care of the yosem. And that was the story. The mom was seven children. This guy took care of the whole thing. Like that was in the shop. And um, this guy, every few weeks, months, would bring them an envelope, money, and they would take them care. So that's the aside. He said, from Moshe Rabbeinu, that the noise of oil in Chazeru, that's today, in this day and age, with all the things going on, it's a Sometimes I worry that, you know, the the intensity we had and the feeling when it first started has petered out a little bit. And we have to read there's still people on the front lines getting shot. And so uh, you have to be nice and loyal. You never know what's going on. So we have to be mechazic ourselves. And yet to we should be safe to see she was the first to come. Okay.